morning, everyone, and happy Father's Day. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Jocelyn. And I'm Allison. And we're here to get the service started for you this morning. So if this is your first time here, super special welcome um, to you. Happy Father's Day. Uh, we'd love to get to know you better, and you can help us do that by giving us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca, or you can even just drop a comment here or there. The best ways to stay informed about things going on in our community is by following us on Facebook or Instagram or sign up for our weekly email newsletter. That usually goes out on a Friday afternoon and it's got all the stuff that's going on in our church and also ministries that we're connected to, employment opportunities, um, things to pray for, lots of really good stuff in there. So you can sign up for that at cedarvalley.ca. And if you have been impacted by our online church services, Spread the news and hit the share button and invite your friends and your family and the Facebook world to come and join us for church this morning. So here are a few things coming up that we want to tell you about. Father's Day today, Ooh. after church, we are throwing a barbecue. Who doesn't love a barbecue? Everybody loves a barbecue. Yeah. And everyone's invited. So we've got farmer sausage on buns, we've got drinks, chips, cookies, and just for the guys, there is a wiffle golf driving contest. Wiffle golf. Yes. Okay. So uh, come on out to the church today from 12 to 1.30-ish. Um, bring your dad, bring a neighbor, and we'd love to see you there. And uh, next week we have another in-person live worship sub, uh, service happening on Sunday. Um, so there's two service times, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Um, there's the kids program at the 9 a.m. service in particular. Um, space is limited, so sign up online at cedarvalley.ca. We'd love to see you there. Another really exciting thing that we're just launching is we're sending out the first part of our summer, <clears throat> sorry, summer book read. We are reading The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. We got a team of 10 readers together to read different chapters of the book. And we're going to be uploading these out loud recorded readings on our YouTube channel. And make sure you're subscribed and following us on Facebook or Instagram and you'll get those updates. And so you can read along with us as we read the novel through the summer. It's gonna be great. And it's so much more than just a kid's book. So truly everybody should come yes. and listen. Yes. So that's a lot of information. Let's just start with the morning prayer, all right? Join us. Um, God, thank you so much for today. Um, thank you for the, the dads in our lives and the father figures um, in our lives too, God. We just pray a special blessing um, on them in this coming year. Thanks for the impact that they've had on our life, Lord. And um, just pray that you just be with our community, Lord. Um, just continue to, to bring health and safety um, to those around us. and. Um, and just be with our with our church this morning. Be with the message. Be with Pastor Grant. Is um, he is sharing what you've put on his heart, Lord? And um, yeah, just give us a an awesome day to celebrate um, those awesome dads in our lives. In your name, Amen. Amen. Thanks. So um, we are going to get the service started here shortly. We're going to be led in a time of worship, um, singing some songs recorded by our worship team, our worship ministry, and there will be lyrics on the screen too. So we invite you to. Come read the lyrics, sing if you want to, um, however you feel comfortable. And after that, we've got a special kids lesson featuring Allison and her kids. And they're going to be talking about things that drive your dad crazy. So think about that kids, make a list now. Start brainstorming. Um, we also try to get interactive materials to each family each week that's based on what's going on with our service and our kids time. So if you haven't been receiving those or if you would like to sign up, contact Pastor Doug and you can email him and he'll get you those materials. 
Yeah, and today we have a really special service um, for Father's Day with Pastor Grant interviewing some of the men from the church um, who've experienced mentorship in their life and have been mentors to others. So it's really, really awesome. Um, but before we get into all of that, and if you're watching live, head over to the comments section um, in Facebook or YouTube. And uh, with it being Father's Day, and it seems like we do this every year, but it's a classic and you can never get enough, we need to hear your best dad jokes. Do you, do you have one to share? I do, actually. So James came up with a really good one a couple weeks ago. The kids were climbing all over me and he yelled at them and he goes, hey, get off mommy, she's not a jungle gym. And Audrey goes running over to him. She goes, okay, you can be our jungle gym. And he goes, oh, I'm not a jungle gym. I'm a jungle James. <laughs> and it went right over their heads. Of like they did. had no idea. Yeah. But so you know, dad joke. That was a great dad yeah. joke. Yeah. Yes. I, I've got one. Okay. It's a classic. Okay. Hi, Dad. I'm hungry. Hi, hungry. I'm Dad. Oh. Ah. oh man. With that, enjoy your Sunday morning, guys. Thanks. See you.
kids welcome to this special father's day edition of cedar valley kids 
Um, as Jocelyn mentioned before, you can never have too many dad jokes. So we have a few for you. Callie, you want to start? Um, what days are what days are the strongest? What days? Saturday and Sunday, because the rest of the days are weekdays. <laughs> Good one. That's awesome. Weston, do you have one? Yep. I know a lot of I know a lot of jokes about retiring. About retired people, but none of them work. <laughs> what about you, Trevor? I have one too. Why? Why can't the green pepper practice, practice archery? Why not? It didn't have an arrow. Good one. I have one too. This one goes out to a few special dads, Mark and Terry. I'm talking to you. I have some friends who went bald quite a few years ago, but they still carry their combs around with them because they just couldn't part with them. <laughs> All right, happy Father's Day, guys. So I want us to now, I need your guys' help. I want us to think of things that make our dads go crazy. Crazy. Crazy, that's crazy. right. Crazy. So be thinking about some of these things at home. Maybe you can even look over at your dad and like, you know, test a few out. So what are some ideas, guys? Yeah. Um, okay, I got a great one. Burp at the dinner table as much as you can. Okay, mm so burp at the table. <laughs> when you're eating. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Okay, what's another one? Um, make a mess downstairs. Ooh, make a mess. Okay, make a mess. Downstairs. Well, we'll just say make a mess. Because How about that? Because some people might not have a downstairs. Yell in so the true. house. Yell in the house, totally. Okay. Okay, I got another one. What's another one? I got one? another one. Make a mess where, make a mess with paint in the house. Ooh, paint, paint mess. Okay, we can put that. Um, what about if you borrow your dad's tool? Ooh, yeah. And you don't oh, put like it away. Knife. Like his knife, and then you don't put it away, so. Um, and then he sits down tool. on it. Think, ow! That would, that would definitely, um, be mean. That would hurt a lot. Yeah, so I know. I suggest. Get a cut in the butt. Okay. One. All right. So we have burp at the table, make a mess, yell in the house, make another mess with paint, use something, and you don't put it away. Those are all things that probably make some dads go crazy. I bet some dads are at home nodding their heads. So thanks, guys, for the help with the list. You can go. So these are some things looking at. Yeah, kids probably do a lot of those, but. You know, I'm looking at this and I think maybe some dads probably do this stuff too. Moms probably do it too, but it's Father's Day, so we're gonna pick on the dads. Yeah, I think some dads do this stuff too. And I know that kids aren't trying to, to make their dads go crazy. And I don't think that dads want to make people go crazy either. But let's face it guys, we're not perfect. Us kids aren't perfect. Not all dads are perfect either, or moms, but we're talking about dads. So, you know, even if you look in the Bible, if you look at the history of the Bible, there were a lot of dads in the Bible. If you think about it, not a lot of them were perfect examples of being a dad. You can think of um, Jacob, Joseph's dad. He had a favorite. That's not really something that the Bible, you know, it's not the best example, right? The Bible doesn't say, oh, choose a, choose a child and have that child be your favorite. Um, we had David, David was a king. He did some really great things. 
but he wasn't the best dad, right? So I want us to think about that. And I want us to think about who is the perfect dad? Who can we think of who is the perfect dad? That's God, God the Father. He is the only perfect one. He is the perfect dad. But the amazing thing about our perfect God the Father is that, you know what? He doesn't make lists like this. I don't think dads make lists like this either about their kids, but he doesn't make lists like this, okay? You know what he actually does? He says that if we ask him um, to help us not do these things, and if we apologize and ask for forgiveness for our sins, do you know what he does? He erases it, like not a trace. He completely forgives. He is the perfect example of forgiveness, of forgetting and forgiving. And, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to have a really great relationship with our dad, but not everybody does. And that's something that is, it's hard on a day like Father's Day especially. And so, you know what? God wants us to, to come to him and to walk with him. He, he wants us to ask for forgiveness. He wants us to come to him um, with those problems. So, you know, for those of you who do have a really, really great father, give him a big hug um, and praise God and thank God for giving you such a great dad in your life. If that's not your same experience, then, you know, draw close to the true father, to the one perfect father who wants you um, to come with him and he wants to set that great example of what being a dad is. So today, I hope that you go and have a good day with your dad, go and have some fun times, do some fun activities. Try not to make them crazy with the list here. Um, and just remember that God is that perfect father for us that we can draw close to. I hope you guys have a great Sunday. We'll see you later. Happy Father's Day. And uh, this morning, just like we did on Mother's Day, we are interviewing a few amazing men. Well, I've got Waldy here to start with. And we're just talking about mentorship and even just how uh, some of these men's lives have been influenced uh, and guided towards a closer relationship with God and how they've kind of looked up to, how they've been taught, how they've been mentored by different people throughout their life and just learning from some of their life experiences, how they've applied some of that stuff and uh, any kind of things that we can glean off of that experience and be mentored almost in that way too. So welcome here, Waldy. Uh, thank you. Good yeah. to be here. Absolutely. And a happy Father's Day. And Well, thank you. And yeah. um, you are to be a father before long, so yeah, you can make be, note of that. This is my we... pre-Father's Day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're talking about mentorship and I know you've got some great stories to share. You've been a part of Cedar Valley for a good long time and uh, part of church in general, different churches, not just Cedar Valley, but a lot of yes. different stuff. So. Uh, who has been a mentor in your life and how have they shaped you? I, I thought what I would share is kind of three teaching moments in my life sp spread over a span of at least 20, 25 years. Sure. Uh, and I share these because each one of them had a way of impacting the direction my life was going to take. The first one happened um, that I want to share happened just before I graduated from high school. There were two young people in our church, probably six or seven years older than I was, 
who shared with the congregation that they were not going to go to Bible school for one year. They were going to keep on going to Bible school or Christian education because both of them felt called hmm. to the Christian ministry. And that really tweaked on me. So I went to the Bible school for one year and before the end of this year was over, uh, two things happened. One, I knew I wanted to keep going to Christian school and, 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 and continue my education. And secondly, <laughs> I met the lady that became my wife. Oh, that's how you met Shirley. Yeah. That's where we, we met. And um, so it, about 18 months after Bible school, we were married. Six months after we were married, we were at Canadian Mennonite Bible College. At Canadian Mennonite Poly, uh, College is sort of where the second thing is that I want to share. Sure, yeah. It had to do with a few of the professors that I observed for three years while we were there. Both of them were highly educated, had doctor's degrees. Um, both of them communicated so well in terms of being able to teach some tough courses that even a guy like me could understand. Uh, but that wasn't what was grabbing my attention the most. What grabbed my attention the most was the consistent attitude and personality that they exhibited. They were both uh, so humble, both mild-spoken. I don't think I ever heard either one of them raise their voice in the three years we were there. Both of them were so approachable. You could meet them anywhere in the street or on the, on the aisles of the school, and they would just willingly stop and chat with you, just like a friend, like an wow. equal. So that... Uh, <clears throat> really impressed me. Uh, I thought they were really living a Christ-like life. Wow. Skip over about 10 years. I'd been a pastor for six or seven years. The, uh, some leaders of the M2W2 prison ministry came and made a presentation in our church and invited some of us, at that point it was just men, later women, to begin visiting prisoners in prison a year later, that board came to me and asked whether I would be willing to visit some inmates at Ocala Prison Farm and to interview them because they had applied for M2 volunteers. So I did that and a year later, the board asked whether I would expand that service to half time. Okay. Which I then did. And a year later, it all worked out to where I was full-time staff member. And so basically from 1973 to 1998, I had the privilege of stepping alongside literally hundreds and hundreds of inmates in many different prisons in BC, participating in the orientation of tra uh, training of many, many volunteers and ma matching many of them up with inmates in the institutions where I was coordinating the program. And for the last 20 years of those 25 years, I served as the director of the program for the province. And so, uh, as I said, literally hundreds of prisoners became my friends. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, you definitely had a mentorship role with them. And What's that? You had a mentorship role with them, I imagine, through that yes. program too. And certainly all of the inmates who applied for volunteers but for whom we didn't have volunteers because we were always short, 
I would attempt to relate to them at least once or twice a month and go and see them personally wow. because they didn't have a volunteer visiting them. Well, the very last uh, inmate that my wife Shirley and I sponsored, uh, were sponsoring at the, in 1998 when I retired, uh, was a young man, a lifer, and uh, he had become very close to us, um, I guess in some senses, uh, uh, practically speaking, we adopted him into our home. Oh, wow. Uh, he now lives in Victoria with his wife and has a four-and-a-half-year-old son. Except for the COVID period now, of course, uh, they come to visit us, spend time with us at least a couple of times a year. Uh, we go to Victoria at least a couple of times of the year. Cool. COVID permitting. We talk on the phone at least twice every month and have good conversations. And so in that sense, I guess our mentoring of him, and by the way, he, he relates to all of our kids and our grandkids, oh, and it's, it's a beautiful relationship. So in that sense, mentoring has continued for us through this friend, Ken, and his family. Uh, and it's been a real joy to do that. So. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that story and experience and how it went all the way for you from Bible college through church and then your prison ministry and it's continued on generations. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, yeah, it's been a blessing. It's, it's, it's been a journey, lots of challenges yeah. relating to prisoners, but God has been good and faithful all the way through. No doubt about it. So. Excellent. Thank yeah. you, Waldy. All right, Cedar Valley, next up here, I've got Nathan joining us. Nathan is uh, one of the youth leaders here at the church, been involved at Cedar Valley for a while, a uh, local firefighter, and chatting about mentoring. And yeah, so the first thing I want to ask you is how, uh, I guess, who has been a mentor or kind of a mentor role in your life before? So I, mean, I think to narrow it down to just one mentor, it's that would be hard because there's been so many. Sure, or, uh, or multiple, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There have been a number of influential people in, uh, in my life. Uh, probably one of the most is Pastor Doug from the church here. I mean, he, I have known him for, it's got to be 25 years now. And, I mean, he was my youth pastor. He was our marriage prep counselor. He, uh, he'd been just a, a really close friend that I've been able to sit and chat with. Hmm. And he's... He's been one of the ideal people that you you just you look at them, and and you can see that they they live the way they, they speak, and it's more of a a quiet mentoring role that instead of you know walking up and asking hey you know I want you to be my mentor I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> There's the fire. Um, another one that really had a, a great influence on me was a guy named Rob Whitaker, and he was the the principal and kind of one of the the head pastor, the head, not pastors, head um, instructors at Cape and Ray Bible College, and just a phenomenal speaker. And you could really cut to the point of who God was and really apply it in your life. And I just thought, this is a guy who can he can speak to people and see what they need and see what what the Bible can can speak to them. And he was just, he was a phenomenal guy and I always enjoyed listening to his lectures and he, hmm. he always made me get kind of the most out of why I was there. 
And honestly, probably the third, and he was, he probably didn't even know he was a mentor to me, <laughs> but uh, it was honestly, it was my little brother, Jesse. Oh, wow. And he was, he was the, the exact person that Jesus wanted him to be. He, there wasn't an ounce of judgment in him. There wasn't an ounce of prejudice in him. He was, he looked at everyone and, and just showed the, the love of Christ to them. And he made no bones about the fact that he said, no, Jesus is looking out for me. And he, even when he was fighting cancer right up to the end, it was just, no, Jesus is looking out for me. And it was such a powerful but childlike love of God. Like complete unimpeded faith. Unimpeded faith. There was no, there was no um, influence of what the world says your faith should look like. He was just uh, a really big little kid who loved God. Wow. And it was, yeah, it, it took a lot, took a lot of, a lot away from him. And so it sounds like a, a bit of, of these three, yeah, amazing people, men in your life, that there was some of them through kind of a bit of a role, but a lot of them had kind of, it sounds like a faith that was lived out visibly that mm -hmm. whether or not they knew it, like you said, maybe didn't even know, but that was impacting your own walk of faith. Absolutely. Yeah. There was, you know, it's, it's a kind of quiet mentorship that whether people know they're mentoring people or mm -hmm. not, it's living the way God wants you to live is such a powerful statement about who God wants us to be and you never know who is watching. Right. And it's, I think they make the best mentors when you're just living your life. Cool, well, so of that, and we'll even go with some of the more recent experiences, but even with like Pastor Doug, with mm -hmm. the principal up at Capenry, uh, or your brother Jesse, what, um, What's something fairly recently or immediately that you know you've applied to your life, a growth kind of point that you've tried to embody from seeing their example of faith and you're like, I want to live this out too? It's very much the notion of you never know who is watching you hmm. and you never know who is paying attention to, to who you are and to how you live. And it's random people coming up and talking to you and say, hey, you know what? You know, I noticed this difference about you or I noticed that you do this or don't do this and it's it really makes you stop and think that people are watching us you know especially as as Christians and especially as 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 role models especially in the church that they're um, they're looking at our actions and and what we do hmm. and to watch people that that live live the way they preach and they walk the walk as much as they talk the talk it's a very powerful statement, I find. That's fantastic, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that, that, yeah, is exactly taking what they represented and putting it forward. And I'll have to ask you this then, and it's not a, mm -hmm. are you doing it or not kind of thing, but have you had the opportunity to pass that on to people, maybe almost in an intentional way? Have you had the chance to mentor somebody mm -hmm. or kind of provide that sort of example for somebody that you know of? Uh, I mean, if I... I'm hoping people are watching me sure, and, yeah, yeah. and seeing me kind of live the way, live the way Christ wants me to live. Yeah. I try and very much live that out through my work as, as a firefighter. Um, you know, at first when I got on at the hall and we're sitting down for a meal and you, you know, you quietly, you know, bow your head and, and give thanks for the meal, quick talk to God. And then, you know, you, you carry on with what you're doing. 
And for the longest time, people had no idea what I was doing. And you know, I kind of got some ribbing about it. You know, they thought I was falling asleep at the dinner table or whatever. <laughs> and then one guy legit legitimately asked me, he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm just, I'm just praying for the meal. He says, really, you're, you're praying? Like, they see, I guess they see prayer on TV or in the movies and it's gotta be some big, you know, a grandiose prayer right. sitting down yeah. for uh, you know the big, the big table with the big family and everyone's got to hold hands and <laughs> and the notion of just saying a simple quiet prayer and saying hey God, thanks for what you provide us with, you know, pray you give me safety, give us all safety on our shift tonight, and and thanks for the firefighter family here, and it's such a foreign concept that you can just quietly bow and talk to God that way, and God's listening to you. So from where it started that you know, I kind of got ribbing for thought I was falling asleep at the dinner table <laughs> to the fact that there are certain people that will ask me, hey, you know, can you pray for dinner? We're sitting down for dinner. You want to say grace? Absolutely. I'd love to say grace. Even more so to the point where there's one fellow in, in specific. He's, he's had a, a, a hard go kind of just through life in general. And he asked me very pointed questions now about, you know, it's a lot of the standard, you know, why does God allow these things to happen? You know, we go to, you know, some pretty, pretty tough calls and there's, you know, there's a lot of pretty dark, heavy atmosphere mm. in the fire truck afterwards, you know, after whatever kind of calls, you know, bad car accidents or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he shouts back, says, hey, did you pray for that guy? I said, absolutely, I prayed for him. And whether they're joking or whether it's a legitimate question, you know, they still had to stop and think to, to make the comment. So obviously it was on their, it was on their brains that someone's praying for them. Yeah, and you're applying that directly that it doesn't really matter the appearance, you're living out your faith regardless of mm -hmm. what's around you. Like, yeah, I'm praying for it. Yeah, so it's, I hope I'm having a positive impact. <laughs> uh, the people that I don't know I'm mentoring Honestly, I think it's it's all that much better even if I don't know who I'm mentoring because it helps me just to sure. to always think that you never know who's going to stop and ask you a question and say, "Hey, you know, I've been thinking, what about this? You know, what Sure. What is God meaning in this?" Yeah, you so having know. an influential impact on people. I mean, there's one right behind the camera there. Mm -hmm. Uh in your work with youth group, I'm sure in the fire hall because you're seeing so much stuff constantly that mm -hmm. having yeah, your faith unapologetically just living out is yeah, it'd be great to almost interview some of those guys and see their thoughts of you, babe. But we'll, we'll leave it there. So thank you so yeah. much for sharing, Nathan. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me out. You bet. Cool. Hey, everyone. So here with Nolan, if you're just joining in now too, we are this morning for Father's Day, kind of talking to a few of the men in our church community, kind of just in our lives that have experienced mentorship or that kind of impact influence, how it's helped them on their faith journey, on their faith walk, and how they've been able to apply that uh, going out further from here. So thanks for joining in and thanks Nolan for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, Pastor Grant. Nolan's part of our finance team at the church. He's been a faithful servant uh, growing up. You're a soccer fan. Yeah. Um, yep. A lot of good stuff I could say about you, but instead we'll uh, just get into it and sure. I'll ask you, Nolan, so who who, and what we'll do, because like, it's such a long term, it could be everything from school stuff, but something recently, like who has been a impactful mentor or influencer in your life? Sure. Oh, great question. I mean, I have to turn to my dad first, being a, a real great mentor for me. 
you know, when I think of, you know, the fruits of the spirit, um, you know, all those, all those different things on there, just, you know, being patient and, and, and loving and, you know, it, it's, it's self-control is always a big one as well. You know, the, sure. the more you come across in life, the more issues you get to deal with and, and, and having patience. And, and I think for me, it's patience and the self-control is, as my dad, you know, is nice, calm guy, very reserved. You know, strong, silent type is usually what I say. So okay. um, I've learned a lot from from him, and and uh, uh, it's been it's, it's been great. So it's been great having him around, and and uh, I continue to learn more and more each time I see him. So awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that's actually yeah, because father son mentorship. We've even heard some like teacher teacher student mentorship. Yeah. We've heard some brother mentorship at yeah. coworker, and fantastic. So of that, that kind of calm steadfastness, uh, how have you applied that to your life? Yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, work right now, I'm working in an accounting firm, so I'm a manager. So right away is, you know, you're, you're tasked with dealing with people. Um, so whether it's people, you know, it's your bosses, you have a lot of bosses, or whether it's dealing with, uh, you know, students and, and people that you're supposed to be mentoring. So yeah, people can um, be, uh, require a lot of patience. So. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. And I mean, everybody has a different personality. So, I mean, you can't, you know, just if you mentor somebody one way, it doesn't mean you can mentor another person that same way. Mm. So it's been a great practice for me and, and, you know, accounting business, like, you know, you can run the numbers all day and you can, you know, press your calculator all day long, but it comes down to teamwork. It comes down to, you know, how do you deal with others? Um, Going back to my dad and and also, you know, the fruits of the spirit is, is how can I reflect you know what I've grown up with, and what I what I know, and what I respect, and what I believe in, um, in a environment where it's not necessarily religious, right? So sure, um, that's been another great challenge for me is to you know mentor people at the same time, and and still keep everything in mind, and still be able to sort of spread the, spread the message as well. So it's been it's been a good it's been it's been a great. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a, for me. It's been a bit of a miracle. Been put in a really good spot, really challenging spot, um, but it's cool. it's been a great uh, way to mentor to other people and then sort of share the good news as well. So, very cool. So, yeah. do, do you have any like I don't know fun kind of real examples of how you've taken that, uh, especially for any of the managers out there, people who have employees <laughs> they're working with. They've taken that kind of boss manager sort of. You can be a relatable boss stuff like that, but that you've been able to kind of make it intentionally mentoring. Yeah, grace and compassion, I think, is a big one. And, and you know, just like, you know, parents or, or other mentors in your life who have extended grace and compassion to you, um, you know, it, it's it's important to, to sort of look in the mirror and be able to reflect that as well with, you know, whoever you're mentoring or even if it's people that you're not mentoring, right? It's everybody's watching and, and it's it's it just provides a good way to, you know, show what I've learned and, and what I believe in. I think that's been great. And, mm. and having the grace is, is goes a really long way. Um, you know, in the business world, you know, people are expected to be perfect. You know, you're, oh, you're not yeah. supposed to make mistakes and all that. And Well, as an accountant too, right? You know, yeah, want there yeah. To be you better get my taxes right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hear that all the time, right? So totally. it's been, it's, it's, it's a good reminder. You know, we're humans, we make mistakes. And, and, uh, but at the same time, you know, learning to deal with them and, and learning how to, how to be a mentor in, in that area, I guess, has been really key as well. So, and then people will, you know, you learn to respect people and they will respect you as well in return. And it kind of passes on like that your your father passed that to you and you've been able to treat people, especially in a businessy world. Yeah. And do you ever get the chance of seeing them passing it further down even, maybe with clients and Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's I mean uh, teamwork is a is a huge thing, you know, whether at the church, you know, yeah. or, or even at work and 
And as you grow up, you know, as you spend more time in, in a workplace, you, you see that sort of, you know, ripple effect. Um, and to know that you've sort of been a part of that and been able to, you know, be a positive change there has been, for me, it's been, it's been really great to see. And, um, and, you know, being steadfast and, and, you know, keeping reading, you know, doing the, reading the Bible and devotions and reading, sure. reading how, you know, how to, how to, you know, walk into a day-to-day -day scenario where your God's not necessarily, you know, a front and center um, idea, right, or, or belief right. is, it's, it's, I find that really uh, to be a great challenge. Hmm. Um, and that's when I really lean back on and I fall back on my mentors, so whether it be, you know, dad, grandpa, cool. you know, pastors at church, you know, you, you Pastor Grant, oh. like it's, it's, <laughs> I'm taking notes as I, as I go along and, and it's been, it's been really helpful for me. Uh, especially just because it's it's always a challenge and that um, yeah and I, I'm eager to talk even just after this moment too that that exact thing I think it's absolutely essential if you want to grow closer to God you can't do it solo no it's got to be with no with some guidance with some help with each other yeah so, yeah and no matter how much you push back on that thinking oh I can yeah. get through this myself or, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. there's always those those little reminders or those 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 little things where it's like ah you know it, it's it's you know, there there are people in your life for a reason. Uh, you know, yeah. I believe, and and uh, having those reminders um, is just really helpful. Um, and I'm I'm thankful every day for that. So totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nolan. We have hey. one more to interview after this, and it's yeah, awesome. I'm excited. Thank Perfect. you very much. All right, hey Cedar Valley, uh, we've got Mark here. Mark, my brother-in-law, Leslie's brother, a business owner, and I know just in conversations we've been able to have over the past little while too, you've been massively impacted by this idea of mentorship and how it guides you and your relationship with God and, and strengthens you. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so the, the first one is just asking you, uh, who has been a influential mentor in your life recently? Right. Yeah. Um, I would say it started probably about 12, 14 months ago um, when I started a business with a business partner of mine that I met through the church. Mm. Um, and then that exposed me to another group of friends um, who are a little bit older than I am. Okay. I'd say five to 10 years older than I am. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business for self guys like myself, um, but really men who were acting out in their faith in a, in a very practical way mm -hmm. daily, in a way that um, I hadn't really seen before and I didn't really know necessarily that I was also looking for it. Mm. But it was almost like it was the secret sauce, so to speak, where you yeah. could see that these men were not only living their life led by God, but they were also encouraging one another along the way too. Yeah. So that was just really inspiring to see and then seeing what they're, they've been able to accomplish together and in their businesses. But again, giving all the glory to God and, mm. and and then also inspiring, you know, people like myself, really. Yeah. So literally their example, like, inspired you to want mentorship and to want that kind of mentorship and to grow that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And then also just really kind of leaning on them um, in situations where I'm unfamiliar, right? These guys right. have kids that are older than me. They are, they're in positions in their businesses that I've never been in, in their faith, where right. I, you know, what would be a good book that you could recommend that, you know, I, I don't know where to start. Right. And so that's been pretty cool to see. 
um, just what they've been able to give me as, and not, probably not even knowing that they've done that for me, really. Yeah, yeah. It, one, I know when I was kind of reading up about like this term mentorship, which isn't like a super common phrase, it's actually starting to become a bit more common now in our day, but uh, it takes a bit of a imbalance of experience to kind of, to help, to bring someone okay. up there, right? So you yep. know, these guys are older, they've experienced essentially where you're headed. Totally. Yeah. That's really cool. So what of, of all that, what have you been able to apply most recently in your life of those last 12, 14 right. months? Um, I would say, um, I think whether it was a direct influence from them or if it was just God speaking to me, um, it's been discipline. Hmm. And so living a disciplined life is what I've seen in them and what I feel called to do in my life. Mm. Um, and so practically, um, I've been fasting every Monday uh, for 24 hours for this entire year so far. Um, and God kind of put that on my heart that, you know what, it, it's time to be disciplined. Give me the first day of your work week. Mm. And, and he kind of gave me this vision of let's see what we can do with men in the community. So I've been inviting other men into this fast every Monday right? with the plan being that as a group, we're praying faithfully for God to show up in our communities, in our family, in government, um, protecting our families, praying for healing. And so I think that that's... Yeah, well, you're pulling me along into it too now. I know, like, the, yeah, this past Monday too, I didn't get to eat, <laughs> but as a start. So was that something that um, was a direct, like directly exampled by some of the, your business partners? Like, were they doing a fasting thing? Like, I want to yeah. Yeah. recreate that. So um, one of my friends, uh, Carl, he has been big into fasting and he's told me all about it. And we, um, I told him I was gonna run a half marathon at the end of the year. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to run a half marathon. I just want to get one more done before the year's over. And he said, oh, I'll do a half marathon with you. And I said, but you don't run. He's like, no, that's fine. I'll just do it anyways. <laughs> Why don't we? He, and then it was like three days later, and he, a friend of ours, uh, Andrew, he runs a foundation called Woven. Um, and, they, and they had a donor dropout for $50,000 this year due to COVID. Hmm. So Carl had this crazy idea. He said, well... Since we're going to run a half marathon, we may as well do it for something. We may as well try and make some money for the, yeah, yeah. to try and, you know, make it for this guy who unfortunately couldn't make this donation. So then it turned into a seven-day fast. <laughs> so we did a seven-day fast. We did a half marathon 24 hours after we finished the fast. Oh, man. And a seven-minute ice bath after that. And we raised... Um, I don't think we hit 50,000, but we we're, I think about $40,000 or something. Wow. Um, but it was, I would say Carl was one of those guys, um, just living a very disciplined, regimented life, praying, um, being in the word daily and fasting hmm. often. And I remember it was, uh, I watched a thing, uh, Rick Warren did a sermon specifically on fasting and he was calling his entire church to fast. And he said, Fasting is, is an act of discipline that tells God we're serious. Hmm. Wow. And so f that stuck with me because 
in doing um, our fast faithfully. It's not something I want to do. It's not yeah, yeah, something yeah. anyone yeah, wants to do. You probably wouldn't have done it without this influence. Absolutely. But then yeah. knowing, okay, we're serious about what we're praying about. We're serious. Like there's a group of men praying for yeah. something to happen. And I, I, I think without, you know, the mentorship of these guys in my life, I don't know that... Hmm. I don't we'll know that that there. would be the same conversation we're having now. Yeah, well, and we just chat about that with uh, with Nolan, the fact that you you can't grow in a relationship with God on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it just doesn't work by yourself. You got to have that helping each other out and pulling each other along. Iron right? sharpening iron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, and then how you know, and also knowing like I think transparency and honesty has been a big part of it too, hmm. and having a group of guys that you can say, hey, this is what I'm like where is God yeah, yeah where what's going on and but then them having a different eye going are you kidding me God's been here the, like do you think you could have done this by yourself yeah like, yeah yeah you need another pair of eyes when you're going through it somebody else who's outside of the pit to help you right exactly yeah, yeah. that's really cool thank you so much Mark for sharing that and no I'll problem. just even ask one last one of uh, have you seen your ability now to take that what you're experiencing being mentored and, and pass it along to anyone else I think so, um, through the fast that we're doing, um, but I think that I would kind of be, I like to keep, like to stay careful and make sure that I'm not putting myself in like a mentorship role, if that makes sense. Um, I just want to continue to be disciplined in what I'm doing and being there and transparent with other men of God and um, really just trying to do what God's asking me to do more so than anything. Sure. And being receptive to what he asked me to do. Yeah. I think that's perfectly clear. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mark. No problem. Yeah. Thank you so much for Sear Valley. We're going to just have a quick message after this. And uh, other than that, it's been a great morning. Hey, so happy Father's Day again, Cedar Valley. And we just heard some amazing stories from men who just either part of our church or part of just this faith in general, part of our lives, who have been working on growing closer in relationship with God, working on giving more parts of their life over to God and how they came to realize that that couldn't just happen on their own. They needed to be inspired by or see the example of or have direct words and guidance from other people. They were being mentored in lots of different ways. And so we did a similar thing to this on Mother's Day, and it's because we here at Cedar Valley know and believe that mentorship is a crucial part about growing closer in your relationship with God. And it's, it's kind of a term that isn't used that often anymore. Maybe it's a bit of an archaic sort of thing, and there's been a lot of different trends of like coaching and apprenticeship and whatnot, but it is actually starting to come back, especially in the business world, because there's this realization of what makes mentorship unique. So with teaching, you're kind of focused on a subject specifically in a curriculum. Uh, Apprenticeship is really about kind of making a copy of a skill set in a person. Coaching is really goal-oriented, but mentorship is about development. It's not any sort of specific goal or anything. It's about setting a trajectory and a development goal so you walk along with somebody and it can be a long period of time it can be a short period of time it can be seasonal but it is an intentional growth and specifically here we're talking about growth in relationship with God and it's not just my idea it's not just something that we've thought up of that sounds really cool this is actually hugely biblical and it starts right in the very beginning uh, of the Bible book of Genesis it's kind of the creation account and God's made the world and put man in it and the first man Adam and there's this comment where God makes, and he, he says, it's not good for this guy to be alone by himself. 
and I, I know this is kind of often used just as a paradigm for a marriage story and then he makes Eve and everything. But actually this is interesting because this is in the Garden of, of Eve, Eden at a time when God is literally present with Adam and yet it still doesn't seem to be enough. He needs another human, another person to walk with him and to help him relate to God better. And God is a relational triune God in this whole mystery too. So he makes Eve and they do get married and there's that whole thing. But this whole theme actually continues throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And we see a lot of different things. Every time people grow closer to God, they do that. So with somebody else helping get them there, uh, you see it with Moses, who is a leader of Israel, he brought God's people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt and uh, free, helped free them and bring them into searching for a new land. And as that took such a long time, he passed on to a different generational leader by mentoring and guiding and teaching him named Joshua. This also happened with uh, further on, there was a young boy named Samuel and he was mentored and guided by Eli and became a massive uh, leader and actually like a king name or prophet caller for Israel as well, God's people. And then even one of the greatest kings of Israel, King David, uh, David uh, passed the kingdom on to his son by mentoring and guiding him, bringing him up. And this keeps going even in the New Testament. Actually, the book of Titus is pretty much just the Apostle Paul, a man who taught and planted churches and wrote most of the books in the New Testament. He mentored lots of people who are planting churches and specifically the book of Titus is just his like mentorship letter to Titus and keeping him going, becoming a church planter and a church leader as well. And even Jesus himself with the disciples, so it just goes on and on, like literally God present on earth in order to relate better to God the Father, Jesus uses a model of mentorship with his disciples and kind of sets an extreme bar for us, but something that we can still learn from. So all in all, like this is a, this is a hugely biblical norm that every time people are growing closer in the relationship with God, when they're digging deep in themselves and they see parts that they need to kind of turn up and work over and give over to God, they do that with mentorship. They do that with somebody of different level of experience guiding them on a trajectory of development and there's stumbles and there's falls and a lot of goofy, funny moments. Actually, specifically, even with those stories like Eli being a mentor to Samuel and David being a mentor to Solomon, uh, we even get a biblical sense that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. Eli was a bit of a mess of a person with all sorts of baggage and his kids were all over the place, completely having left uh, God's design and, and calling for their life. And yet he was still able to mentor Samuel. King David as well, who was a great king, a mentor doesn't necessarily set a cap for somebody to kind of come up to that level, but they can actually keep going far beyond. So David was a great king and then actually mentored and brought the kingdom over to Solomon, his son, who became uh, one of the wealthiest and most wise and richest and most powerful kings in all of Israel's history. So it keeps going. But the big thing why I think this happens and why this is such a necessity is because following God's path in our life drives us against the norms of the culture. And especially for men, and we're talking to you men, Father's Day, this is applicable to everybody, but we have these normative statements in our culture right now that you don't need to be necessarily driven. Uh, the definitions of success don't necessarily mean hard discipline and perseverance and patience. And in fact, there's a lot of a lack of vision in men's lives all around is why we have a lot of obesity and uh, more divorce rates. We have messed up, broken homes like crazy all the time. And in fact, the amount of guys I know that just literally sit at home playing video games when their wife has to take care of the kids and it can be flipped absolutely too. But there's such little vision and drive and calling. And that's the 
statement of the world. So when you start wanting to follow God's calling in your life, it drives you against that current and you need somebody there to be supportive, to guide you, to share the experience, to help you along in that. And so the bottom line of that is growing close to God drives us against that. We need somebody around. And so men, I'll be blunt. This is a hard challenge for us. We are not good at being introspective. We're not good at digging deep and relating to our emotions. And you know, I'll even just throw it right out here. This isn't meant to be a guilt, guilting thing, but we asked several men to be part of this sharing moment this morning. And this is just a, a wake up of a symptom, how many said no. And it wasn't that they were, uh, they, they just didn't feel like they had any opportunity for mentorship. They hadn't mentored anybody. They hadn't experienced this kind of growth. They hadn't even wanted that. And what that really shows to me is that's a symptom of we're not thriving. We are not digging deep down and we're not growing intentionally. Or if we are, we're not excited about it enough to share it. We're not having these hugely celebratory moments with Jesus in our lives that we want to bring other people along with it. And so that has to change. We need to start bringing people up. We need to fight pack against that virtue of being stoic and stern and stiff as men in our culture and actually realize that Jesus set a different example for us. He was emotional. He was up and down and excited. He would be angered. Some verses actually say like anger to his bowels, just churning in frustration. He would also be in huge amount of pain, hurt and sorrow. He would relate to himself. He wept. He didn't have just this emotionless sense about him. So there's a powerful need for men to get healthy and lead responsibly and lead in their families and their friend groups and in their workplaces and grow close to God and model that and bring other people along there. So here's what we need to do to do that. Step one is to open up. So here's the call for everyone out there is to open up. And this is an intentional choice. I am not good at this. I like to be closed off and just go ahead with my head down and it's fine. I'm not a super open guy, especially when it comes to my emotions. I don't celebrate enough. I don't hurt enough, but I do feel them. And so it actually takes an intentional choice to take a sense of what am I feeling right now? Why do I feel that? And maybe let myself amplify those emotions a little bit more. I need to learn to, and we all need to learn to be a little bit more introspective and take a look at what is going on in our lives rather than fixing stuff on the outside because that can often be a huge distraction. And that's what we like to do. We like to fix stuff, right? Like just get a hammer and nail and go for it. That leads into step two is to take a real measure, a real inventory of our lives, our character. What's awesome, what's going great, what are our strengths, and what do we need to just hand over? What addictions, what disciplines, what stuff is missing in our life that we need to actually hand over to God? And if you think you have it all together, you gotta check yourself. I know for me, every time I see somebody who I just aspire to be like, who I look up to, I learned that they have more and more and more things that they say, I want to give this to God and God's working at this in my life and I have this to grow in. So you're never finished, you're never there, but find out what those next things are and catch yourself when you say, because this is such a constant thing when I'm talking with guys and they'll say like, yeah, I need to pray more or yeah, I know the Bible's good. I just, you know, I haven't gotten quite to that. So here's the challenge to actually start stepping up and realize that's a need. And in order to get there, mentorship might be a way to help you actually grow in that discipline in your life. Like we heard with some of the examples and the stories here, seeing the example and being guided by mentors actually help bring people into some disciplines in their life, help them grow closer and lead their families better. And so last, the step three is to actually take an action on that, to start up a mentorship. So find somebody you trust, make an intentional connection and hugely for us, and this is a big thing I've needed to do too, is make a actual scheduled routine thing with somebody. 
This can take a long time. You can make a mentorship connection with somebody and it can take a while before you kind of get that natural trust and connection with somebody that the chemistry is working. You might even have seasons worth with somebody else, seasons with us with a different person, but making it scheduled actually is hugely important because the amount of times that we say stuff like, oh yeah, we should do, and maybe next week we'll do, and then it's weeks after weeks after weeks and it never gets there. So make it, whether it's a weekly commitment on a morning or an evening sort of thing, or every two weeks, every month, but you've got to do that. I want to make this challenge too there for those of you who have things that you've grown in your faith in and you're celebrating and you see a strength, make yourself available to somebody else to be a mentor in that direction as well. Um, if you've triumphed over different disciplines in your life, especially I'll throw this out for guys too, if you've made that triumph over an addiction like pornography, like uh, internet uh, addictions that just draw your mind in constantly with the media you're taking in, you need to be out there helping out, making yourself available to people to help pull them along up. And you might even be prayerfully aware of somebody in your life who needs to be guided and mentoring. And so maybe make that step in that initiation and reach out. Um, but all in all with this, I want us to not take this as a challenge and a guilt trip. I want to, this to be a hopeful look at a way that we can actually grow so much better and closer with God. And that is not a thing. We're not designed to do this alone. You can't hermit yourself and just become uh, uh, fully Jesus devoted follower. You need to actually be doing that with other people, learning from them and uh, passing it on and teaching others. So I'm just going to end this time with a time of prayer and we can go from there and dialogue a little bit about what mentorship can look like in your life. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the stories that you've um, given these men and the, the mentors really that you've brought into all these different uh, people's lives for Nolan and Nathan and Waldy and Mark and uh, just a pre and even the mentors I've had in my own life God too I just thank you for that and I pray that this morning maybe we're challenged a little bit to open up our minds and think back around who is in our lives that we could reach out to to either be mentored by or to mentor a little bit uh, and God, even if that's a word that we're hanging up on, that we just kind of drop whatever barriers there are in our lives that are keeping us from working on these things, the things that we're still holding on to in our, in our character, in our faith, in, in our lives, that whatever it is that's just eating us up, God, that we need to discipline about the habits, the addictions, the uh, lack of control on our emotions and anger, uh, temper. And God, let us lead our homes well. Let us lead our families and our workplaces. Let us be a role model in our friends that can be influential and that God, just our actual visible actions and our passion for you influences and passes that on along to other people. So I just pray all these things in your name. Amen. So Cedar Valley, just as you go, think about these three questions, dialogue about them on the stream, chat about them with your small groups, maybe phone up. If you've got a mentor, start that whole conversation. That'd be fantastic. And we would love to help you do that. Uh, here at Staff Cedar Valley, myself, Pastor Rob, Pastor Doug, we can't be that person for everybody, but we'd love to try to help you find someone. But who have you been mentored by? How did it start? Uh, whose impact, uh, what has that impact had on your life? How have you applied that mentorship? And then how have you mentored somebody else?